Watching something grabs a hold of me tightly. Circles like a hawk, daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. this part it's like cyberpunk black and yellow black and yellow this is not black and yellow it's kind of black and yellow black and yellow black and yellow it's like codex it's the codex dig it yeah so tell luke to make some tracks and we'll like throw them up here mega props to your boy holler at your boy oh then it just drops out here we go you are listening to the freelancer codex a podcast brought to you by the shut up and respawn network welcome everyone to episode 154 of the freelancer codex podcast the longest running used to be anthem podcast but now carried on by two hosts because we like talking about games and stuff we've been doing it for such a long time we figured what's the point in stopping let's just keep talking about video games even if we stopped playing video games years ago Today is January the 6th of the year 2021. I'm your host, Stephen, along with my co-host, Michael. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Definitely major props to to DJ Logster for hitting us up with that sweet track at the beginning. I dig it. If you were to give a nickname to Logan, because I've been calling Logan Logs since he was born, but I'm like, maybe Logs is like... There's got to be another nickname you can give to someone named Logan. What would you give, like, a nickname to someone named Logan? Ogan? Ogan? No, that's just, like, taking an L off the name. That's like calling you Ike. Well, but but I I also think that nicknames need to have some um, relative yeah. to the existing name. Like, you can't just call someone something random. That doesn't make any sense. That, you can't? Like, their name has nothing to do with. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying. Are you finishing? Saying, are you finishing um, up a strike? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm not doing a strike. Um, I'm curious what you're doing. Just listening. <laughs> oh, okay. Listening and, and doing. I just hear your controller clicking and clacking. The unmistakable click and clack of an Xbox controller. I don't have click and clack and nothing, man. If you were to hold your hands up, what would you be in your hands right now? Just my hands. <laughs> Just put it up. Just my hands. Um, today is so so Logan. I so so for for him a nickname. I I like Logs as a nickname. I know that one of your kiddos is kind of denouncing the nickname that we've been using for him for the longest time. 
And I don't know why all of a sudden like Wesley like decided like you can't use that nickname anymore. I don't know what happened, but it's like he just really doesn't want us to call him West the Mess anymore. And I thought that yeah, was like the coolest which, nickname ever. Which I get. I get. I mean, I had I had ants call me um what was it? Was it Michael Motorcycle or something like that? Really? That that got kind of old for me. Why would they quick. call you Michael Motorcycle? What a weird thing to add like onto to a name. Well, I mean, again, the whole alliteration thing is a thing, right? The M's and I don't know. I was fast because that's that's always been kind of a part of my um, my uh, I was going to say makeup, my DNA, my identity. identity. I, was, I was a fast kid. Part of your id. And so, yeah, maybe. What a weird thing. So I don't know, man. Anyway, sorry. It is kind of weird. And this is this is great combo to uh, to start off with. We've. We promise that it's going to get better. But nicknames, man. Hit us up with your nicknames. What do people call you? Do they call you anything? Um, I don't think I have a nickname now. Um, we call you Mike. That's kind of a nickname. And on that promise for things to get better, I guess we should just go ahead and jump into the... Dang it. I did it again. I forgot to write down the timestamp. Oh, um, it's okay. You don't need to timestamp this one. It's crazy. Um... Okay, let's see. I'm going to do yeah. a thing here, and I think we're good to go. Okay, so awesome. let's get to all the fun stuff. First, we would like to thank everyone that's been supporting the Freelancer Codex for such a long time. They allow us to talk about random things like nicknames and what we've been up to. So thank you to our patrons. Thank you, Julius, Nathan B., Michael R., Trent B., Men and Still, Scout69, Dragonheart76, Jeffrey H., Gameplay Experience, RZ, and Phaedron. We really appreciate all the support you've been giving us and a lot of the times when i'm like man do i even want to record today i'm like but think of the patrons they want us to record or else they would not support us so we get down here we record we talk about things that are important to us um a heater kicks on so that my family can stay warm during this recording and here we go <laughs> so mike tell me i have to put a humidifier on because my house is so dry but it has one of those weird effects where like if i don't put on the humidifier my house gets all staticky and so like, every time we touch anything, yeah, like static. So every time we touch anything, we uh, risk um, shorting it out. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Which not is kind of scary when you're touching a bunch of electronics. Yeah, that's not good but at all. Or when you're touching a cat. Like if you have a cat and you electrocute the cat. Electrocute the cat? Yeah, if you're static and you touch the cat, you zap the cat. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't have a cat. So Mike, tell me what oh. you've been up to this week. All right, so this week, um, so dating back to before before the new year, uh, wife and I just um, started watching a show called Tombstone. I keep saying Tombstone, Yellowstone. Um, we started watching the uh, Kevin Costner Yellowstone. Um, it's really good. We enjoy it a lot. It it has some some is it, language. Is it like the history it, of the park or? No, it actually it has no ties to to Yellowstone Park. The name of the ranch is just the Yellowstone Ranch. Like there's no there's no connection to the park in any way. Where does it take place? Um it takes place on the Yellowstone Ranch in um Montana. And I didn't know this, but uh Yellowstone, the actual park is in uh Wyoming most of it. Yep. Um, so a history lesson for you guys, if you didn't know that. But yeah, so Kevin Geography Costner. Geography lesson? 
or whatever. Just forget it. Um, really good show. We really like it. A little bit of language. So if you're if you don't care for the language much in TV shows, maybe skip this one. <laughs> if, you don't, um, if you don't care if there's language in your TV show, like if if people talk or well, no, I know that there's I know that there's people who who don't who don't care much for for like Game of Thrones type language, and this one definitely has its share. Um, Is it trying to be like Game of Thronesy? Um, shout out to Rusted think, in the chat. Happy New Year's, Rusted, all the way from think, Japan. I think everything from now on is trying to be Game of Thrones seasons one through five. Um, and they all end up seasons six through eight. Maybe six through. I think there might have been nine of those. I don't think no, there because nine. because I mean, huge thing, right? Game of Thrones was huge, and so everybody's trying to repeat that formula, and. And that formula had some things going for it. And so, yeah, I think everything's trying to be that way. But but Yellowstone, I feel, is just really well written. I enjoy the characters. I enjoy what's going on. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, there are three seasons, uh, 10 episodes in the first season, and then nine in the next seasons. I don't know why that, but that's how it is. When and does then, uh, like when does it take? You're gonna have to tell me like what the show's about. Okay, so so a family of ranchers, um, who are are fighting the um, who are trying to save their ranch, keep their ranch. Uh, people want their ranch for to build to build things on. Uh, they want the land because because they don't think one man should own all that land. You know what's funny? So about there's you, about there's you. a lot of different um, there's a lot of different takes on kind of everything that's going on. Different perspectives. There are many characters. Uh, the land itself seems to be a character. Um, there are family issues because there's brothers and brothers tend to fight, and there's a sister and there's family drama. And um, there's funny characters, there's light moments, but but for the most part, the show is pretty um, pretty serious, and and it's just really well done. Uh, cinematography is great. The acting, I think, is is really good, even from the kid. Which normally I don't I don't like kids in shows. Oh, I was, I'm glad you finished that. I was going to say you're a teacher. How do you not like kids? Yeah. But um, the funny thing oh, you were it's saying... Easy. It's easy not to like kids. I guess that's very but true. But it, it, it takes place... Um, it takes place in the year where it's where it's um, filmed. So, so 98, 99, 2000 kind of thing. Wow, that was weird. What do you mean? Uh, ni- 19. So the year, the year 2018, 2019, and then 2020. So it's... So it's from our own time. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it's not like it's current. It's current day. It's current. Yeah, it's current, and it's just really good. I enjoy it a lot. It um, something. It, and it was one of the shows. It's been a show that uh, my wife and I we could watch together. She normally is asleep pretty early, and and kind of leaves me up, and so it was kind of nice. She was like, "Okay, put this show on now." Sure. Are we going to watch uh, Yellowstone tonight? Like, okay, yeah, I guess we are. Oh, she's so excited was, about it. Cool. She was excited about it. She was like, she was like, okay, we finished it. And I said, well, the next season isn't going to be out until probably um, June. She goes, start it over. Oh. So, so she liked it a lot, which was which was fun. Wow. Kind of fun to connect. You, you talked about. To you, connect that way. 
Yeah, you talked about Yellowstone and them fighting over land, and that's their big thing. And it made me think of way back 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago when we were kids. And every time we would play Legos, like that was our big conflict um, when we would fight playing Legos is, hey, you stole my land. And we would play Legos over stolen land. So I don't remember that. I yeah. remember a lot of, hey, that's my piece. I no, don't know if like, you're equating that to the land. No, I, because we would build our stuff. And our big thing was like, all right, build your ship. And then you, you build your ship. And then you would play out our little narrative. And our little narrative was always like, hey, that's my land. You stole my land. Get off my land. And <laughs> that's how it would go. So that was like, oh, it's like we, we invented Yellowstone back when Legos were you know, back when we were young. So pretty interesting. So <laughs> that's funny. I don't, I definitely don't remember that, but, yeah. but I guess. So I remember, yeah, I remember many things. So, all right. So you were watching Yellowstone. What else you got? You got a bunch of stuff listed here on things that you did. Um, so I've been playing stack mobile game. One of the achievements that I'm supposed to get is 90, 90 stacks in one game. And holy cow, that's frustrating because I just can't seem to do it. But I get like so close, like every time, right? So I got to 88 while I was waiting for uh, Paige at Gymnastics. And it's one of those dumb games that you just really want to do because it's simple and it's like time killer and it's there. Yeah. So when playing Stack, doing that, um, we got a Monopoly game for Christmas. We played Monopoly with the kiddos. This one was Villains, uh, Disney Villains Edition. If anybody has ever played that, it's really odd because it teaches you how to be deceitful and conniving and kind of a villain. And not really which play I, the rules of Monopoly? Yeah, which I guess is the point of Disney Villains. So the, the boys are like, hey, get us, get us like the real one that we can play. I'm like, okay, I'll look, I'll look for a real one. And, and I get on Hasbro.com to look for Monopoly games. And there are like 12 pages of Monopoly games because everything you could ever think of has a Monopoly edition. Uh, yep. Stranger Things has a, has a Monopoly. Every pit um, stop in the United States of America has their own Monopoly board. Yeah. And, it, and they're just, yeah. Um, so looking for one. Um, I found one. It comes in a nice wood box and is is uh, more durable than um, than just the cardboard box. It's, it's like the anniversary it's edition. The, oh, it's called the rustic edition. And so what's cool is that is that the houses and the hotels they're all made out of wood. Um, the uh, the board has like a rustic wood finish to it. Um, right. So it's just a rustic edition. So I kind of like it. I was, however, looking at the uh, electronic banking editions because I don't like how much is this? How much is that? Where's your money? OK, guys, don't bend your money. Don't lose your money. But then I thought, well, it's also good that that the kiddos get to play with play money and handle it and kind of see and count and, and feel. So, yeah, so so I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna end up getting the uh, the uh, rustic Monopoly rustic edition is what it's called, and that is available on January seventeenth from Amazon.com because and, you know and you'll play it one time and then everyone will hate the game because it's a terrible game to play and it's like all right I'm glad we bought this version to play one time and now everyone hates well, but each I other. Think, 
But I think that every house has at least one version of Monopoly, right? I wonder, yeah, and every house still has it because it never gets played and because they always look at it and say, remember, kids, we don't ever touch this box because of what happened in 1999. I mean... It's not a good game. We did have have some interesting interesting, um, interactions with each other when people started finally becoming bankrupt and... And kind of the uh, the feelings that are associated with that. So it's kind of rough. It's kind of... Monopolies, I think it's definitely meant for an older population, an older age group. So I don't know. I so don't, definitely I don't, think about that. I don't know. Like you a, don't like it, obviously. I don't you know must a single adult. Won. I don't know a single adult that's like, yeah, I like playing Monopoly. I can... I know many, I know many who like playing Monopoly. Who? Do they like... We have brothers... We have brothers who like playing no, it. No, we don't. We, have... we don't have any brothers that like playing Monopoly. Do you know the same brothers that I know? <laughs> uh, Monopoly is a fun game. It teaches a lot of cool lessons. Yeah, so it, teaches definitely... a lo- yeah. it teaches great so definitely lessons. Check it teaches how quickly. Yeah. Anyway, so what else you got? You got Monopoly. You got Stack, Yellowstone. Um. So this year, um, I was I was hoping, thinking maybe was going to get an Oculus for Christmas. That did not happen. It's because you put it on your list. Do what? It's because you put put it it on on your list. list. And we know what happened. I think I may have put it on my list a few weeks late, though. And so it may not have... Everything else may have gotten gotten already, if that makes any sense. Um, But I fortunately have a January birthday. So anything that that I don't end up getting for Christmas, I can kind of make up for on my birthday. So we'll see how that works out. I think it would be cool to have, um, but it almost feels like it almost feels like that's one of those things where you get it and you play it once, and then you're like, uh, "I don't ever play it again." Because how often do you play yours? How often do you stick your headset on? Like, when was the last time? Do you remember? I do that's remember. What I thought. No, I do remember the last time I stuck my headset on, and I played some Half Life Alex, and it's been about two months since the last time I put yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think it doesn't seem like that's something that that when someone sits down to play a game, they're like they do that every day. And I may be wrong. There, but, there, are, there are some but people that do it. But it seems like it's not. I will, I will tell you why. I'll give you my thoughts on why that is. So, um, because I really do enjoy the VR experience. I think Half Life Alex is an amazing game to kind of showcase that stuff. I think Beat Saber is really, really good. Um, the problems with VR. And again, there are a lot of people that really enjoy it. And we're not saying that you shouldn't enjoy it. There's a lot of people that do. But like, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, everyone, I'm going to put this headset on. So like, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in the house, but I'm checking out because I'm now putting this isolating device on my head. For me, the Odyssey Plus is a really cool device. But I seem to have like problems sometimes when I try to launch games, um, depending on what game it is and how I'm launching it, like whether it launches through Steam or whether it launches through the Windows um, portal. So that's always the thing that you're like, all right, I have to do this. And now I have to spend, stand in this specific spot. Is my, are my boundaries set up? Um, where was I in this game? Now I've got to turn this way. And it's it's just so much more involved to like start playing with it. And this is, again, this will be different because mine is wired. So I have a limited space in my house to where I can use it. If you were to get... Um, the new headset, if you were to get the new Oculus 2, not the, yeah, the Oculus, no, you're getting the Oculus Quest 2, the one that you're looking for. 
it's wireless. So you could have like a spot that it would be so much easier for you to find a spot to put it on, do the thing that you wanted to do and just take it off. You turn it on, you start playing. It's there's going to be a lot less hurdles for you to cross than someone that's like, you know, has to go through Steam and do all these other things to make it work. Again, I'm not like an expert in it. I know we've got Scout in our community that is, that has all that dedicated stuff and is a super fan of VR. Um, I'm just not quite there yet just because of the amount of extra steps instead of me just like, hey, I'm going to go play some cyberpunk and I click cyberpunk and it starts up and I grab my controller and I play. It's all right. Now let me make sure I've got the batteries in the controllers. Let me make sure my space is here. Hopefully my dog doesn't like lay down at my feet and then I trip over my dog. So there's just a lot of extra stuff. But well, I think and you would and find there's a lot of like like you said, there's a lot of you're you're isolated when you put that on. So you better have the time yeah. set apart for that. And nobody better need you during that time that you do that. And so it seems like it seems like it's something that is done early in the morning, late at night. Um, you know, these are just my my um, presumptions of it. But so we'll see if we'll see if it even works out right. So yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be fun to get, and it'll be fun to play and try and do. But yeah, I mean, my kids I, love I also, playing Beat Saber, so yeah, I also want to use it more than than uh, party time, right? When you have people over, hey, put this on. Let's make a let's make a TikTok video and see you running into stuff. You know, like because yeah. those are really all all you see, right? There are those some, and hoverboards. Yeah, there are some really cool um, like workout things, workout games with the VR stuff that would probably work really good with the Quest. But again, it's like you got to make sure you have a dedicated spot and no one's like coming up behind you when you you know someone turns around and smacks you right in the head because you're punching at a body. And you just punch, you know, one of your kids right in the face. Maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll use it on the treadmill and go walk through the Amazon or something. You know, I, I thought about doing that and setting up my headset out there by my treadmill, my other computer. But then, like, even when I am, like, watching TV and on my treadmill, it's really hard to, like, have your eyes closed and walk in a straight line. Even if you were yeah. on a treadmill. Like, it's difficult to do. Because you're moving and, you know, like even if I'm walking straight, sometimes I like accidentally step on the side of the thing and then it messes up your balance. So like it would be a really cool idea to do that. Maybe I'll get brave enough and I'll go out there and I'll try it. No, because you've got that. You've got that big opening down to your cellar. Oh, that's true. I'll like goofy right off into the cellar. Yeah, I wouldn't if I were you. Yeah. So so we'll see. We'll see. But you know what? It's a thing. Whatever. We'll we'll try it. it. it's it's still a few weeks out, so we'll see if that if that's ends up getting here. Right on. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about on the what I've been up to, you actually have this down kind of underneath a little bit a little bit lower, but I'm going to talk about it now. We have a gaggle of nieces and nephews, and and I think I mentioned this. Oh, I must I, I mentioned this during um during my uh, school meeting on Monday during my staff meeting, um, but Stephen and I are the uncles that facilitate pretty much every fun thing that happens um, with our nieces and nephews. This is true. It's just, it's just what we do. We do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think we genuinely like our nieces and nephews. Some of them. Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. But also it's because it's because we definitely don't like the adults. 
because More adults true. are just the worst. Agreed. And and it doesn't matter what setting you're in, right? Eventually, the adults are going to turn into the worst. So Stephen and I, we kind of preempt that by removing ourselves from situations. Uh, I think it was last week we talked about rockets. And again, that is something that you and I facilitate. We buy the rocket engines. We buy the classroom pack. We, we have the kids come over to the house and they build their rockets with the spray paint and the glue and the fins and the letters and the sparkles and the sprinkles and the glitter and all that stuff, right? Then we go out, we set them up and we, we try to be as patient as we can when, when kiddos are wanting to load engines and starters and plugs and hook them up and shoot them off and every single one asks, you know, if they can do the next one. And, and it's funny because while we're doing that, there's a group of adults that kind of works around us, kind of works through us, taking their turns, which seems really weird because at the end of the day, I'm like, well, who are we doing this for? Hence, the but adults anyway, are the worst. Yeah, but I digress. Um, so one of the things that Steve did is Steve set up a Minecraft realm for all the the nieces and nephews to get on and they have latched on to that thing it's been up for how many days six days it's only five been, days yeah maybe five days five days and and it's it's so funny um kind of our own yellowstone kind of going on because we have one little one little nephew who is destructo and <laughs> yeah. he likes to break into other people's places and blow them up and it's creating some issues, which I think, which I think is funny when I, when I, you know, my 30,000 view of it is pretty funny. But when I have kiddos coming to me crying, cause I guess I can understand the work that goes into building what they do, um, in Minecraft, like, like it's not just built automatically. It takes time. And when they show up and all of their chests are full of coal and or it's covered lava in lava flowing or is covered in <laughs> lava. Right. And it's funny, it's it's funny that, because I remember having those same kind of conversations, and really what it is, it's a good learning experience, because you have the conversation about, you know, ultimately, if this were done to you, how would you react? You know, well, I wouldn't like it. Well, there you go, you know, but also this represents time, this represents effort and work put into it. And we've got some pretty creative kiddos, and they're building really cool stuff. Um, my, my youngest ones who are six and three, they're even getting into it a little bit and kind of playing, playing, right. They're kind of just moving their, their character around. So it's fun. Um, and it's simple, right? Minecraft is, it's as complex as you want it to be. So, yeah, which is, which is really fun for the kids to do. Yeah, I'm excited for them to be like so into it. I it's a game that I never got into that I'm like I was actually thinking about maybe I should jump in there and just like try to lay traps for them. So like I didn't really blow up their base. They stepped on a switch that um ignited the hundreds of boxes of TNT that I placed under them. So Yeah, you wouldn't know how to do that. I am so good at those things, so yeah. Anyway, Right on. Hey, while you while you talk about the stuff that you're done, I'm going to have to step away for a second, so you're going to be one on. Oh, this is this I'm totally going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to solo this. I'm going to solo the raid right now. All right, a couple of things that I want to talk about. So, 
Um, I think everyone knows that I enjoy robots. Um, I enjoy games about robots, movies about robots. So one thing that I have been struggling to find is a really cool Gundam game. I know that they are out there. There are a lot of Gundam games in Japan. Not a lot of them have been imported over here to the U.S. And if they are, they are on a PlayStation. I don't currently own a PlayStation. Uh, maybe I will now that they are discontinuing a bunch of the models. So... There is a mobile game on iOS. I forget what it's called. It's some dumb Gundam name. But like, this is the second time I've tried to play this game. And the first time I tried to play it, it's got all these gotcha mechanics. Like, what? There, there's this problem that I have with a lot of mobile games that it asks you to, it like downloads things partially, right? It's like, all right, if you want to download the tutorial, we'll download this section of the tutorial. Now, if you want to download this part of it, you're going to have to download this part of it. Um, Rusted in the chat says, I assume it's Gundam, but I've seen an arcade that has large sit-in units that are networked. Man, that is like the coolest thing. Like, that is all I want. I want to sit in the cockpit of a Gundam. Like, I'm surprised, like, I don't have a VR game that's like, hey, go sit in the cockpit of a giant mech and, like, walk it around. There there are some that are like that, but nothing that really gives you the scale of, like, oh, man, you are inside of this huge mech. Like, you know, like, you really get a sense of scale when you're playing Half-Life Alex in VR. I think it would be amazing if there was a game that's like, all right, you're getting lifted up. Here's this giant mech in front of you. You're going to get inside of it, and now you're going to go fight some robots and fly around in space. That's all I really want. Um, that's all I really want in games is to fly around in giant robots or fly around in giant dragons. Or better yet, robotic dragons. Um, so I've been playing this mobile game, and I'm like getting frustrated that I'm having to download this. Oh, you completed the tutorial. Download two more gigs of this. You can go do these daily missions, but you got to download this. And I kind of just got to the point where it's like... you. In here, you can you mash up all the pieces of every Gundam ever, right? So you get these loot boxes after you um, beat a mission. It's like, hey, you got this part. You got this part. Now you can put it together and you can form these weird-looking Gundams that are like a mismatch of every piece from everything. They've got this head from Gundam Wing and this head from Gundam Seed. And you've got this stuff from Double O. Anyway, so I'm like playing this game, like thinking like, all right, this is going to be the time that I really enjoy this game and I really like it. But for the second time, it hasn't worked because of all the gotcha mechanics and like, you know, the gating that happens in mobile games. And it's just frustrating that, you know, eventually that's where I got to, to where it's like, I don't want to play this game anymore. So for the second time, I've deleted the mobile Gundam game off of my phone. So I failed. Um, the other thing that I have been doing, I've been still been spending a lot of time writing. Um, I'm almost done with my first draft of my book that I've been doing. Then I'm going to jump right into revisions and getting that thing edited. It's one of those things that I have. Um, I made a goal that I wanted to write a book um, for my oldest. So that's what I'm going to do. And I am almost done with that. It's been taking up a lot of time, but I'm actually having a pretty good time doing it. So I'm going to keep going with that. All right. And the other thing I was going to talk about was, well, I've been playing cyberpunk. I'm finishing a bunch of stuff with act two. Um, I'm actually kind of like slowly going through the game. I'm following along with another podcast that is doing a play along with cyberpunk 2077. That's the um, um, min max podcast. So I've been kind of following along with their pacing and it's a little bit slower. I know a lot of people have gone through the game and already completed it and already have their final thoughts, but I'm having fun go doing this community playthrough um, without with that podcast. Also, it's kind of nice just to not try to force and push your way through a game just because you have to like, one of the things that we talk about a lot 
is that we can't just we just don't have enough time or enough money to play every game to cover in the industry and it's like sometimes you like get a game to play it so you can say you completed it just to talk about it and it just kind of sucks a lot of the fun out of it so i am kind of slowly going through cyberpunk 2077 i got the akira bike that was really one of the only vehicles i wanted to buy it doesn't really change up like how quickly you move through the world or not but I was able to drive it into a river and I found a Siamese cat at the bottom of the river that was alive, just like hanging because, out at the bottom of the river. Because that's what happens? Because cyberpunk. <laughs> because that's it's a, cool. it must be like a cybernetic cat. No, it was just because there was a cat there and it was like the algorithm said, there's a cat here, but there also happened to be water there. And I was like, all right. So here we are. That's funny. We've got underwater. So, cats. uh, so have you, ever, have you ever been playing a game on your PC and and you're sitting kind of close to it, like close to your screen, and, and you make like a move trying to find an enemy and you get yourself sick? Yep. I, I think I did that to myself. I got kind of like lightheaded oh, no. and like like super, super hot just you got now. You motion sick. So I, I did. So I do apologize for, for bouncing, but I'm back now. Hopefully we're good. Had to ditch the sweater grab some water, kind of resetting my wait, bearings kind of thing. Wait, hold on, hold thing. on. Back up, back up for a second. You you said that that happened while you were playing a game? Uh, yeah, so earlier, before we started talking. Oh, before, before we started, started talking? talking. Yeah. Got it. Not like yeah, totally so like I, just a couple minutes Not like ago. on the show. No, no, oh, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you not wouldn't be playing Destiny while we're talking. I would not do that. And I, I, I did it once and I got yelled at, and so I won't ever do it again. Mm. But yeah, so... It, I'm in a weird thing. Like I'm corded to with my headset to my uh, to my PC, so I can only go so far away. And anyway, so if that's ever happened to you, like like don't don't feel like it's the only you're the only one that it's ever happened to. Because I got myself turned around, and I got a little bit motion sick, which now kind of makes me wonder how I'm gonna do with um, VR. <laughs> I mean, you've done it here before in the past, so yeah. But then, but yeah. But I've also played. I've also played games before on my PC and and hadn't gotten motion sick. So, you know, when you you make that the turn, you put your character in a three sixty or whatever. But anyway, so I do apologize for having to leave. I had to take care of myself. I understand. Should we talk about the news? There is news. We sh- we should talk about the news because right. there's stuff that I want to talk about. I gotta talk to you about something. So this just in, a Twitter message from the Outrider team. They say, Happy New Year. We believe it's important that players get to experience a new IP like Outriders before release so that you can decide for yourselves whether the game is something you wish to pre-order, purchase, or play. For this reason, we're excited to announce that on February 25th, 2021, we will be publishing a free demo giving everyone the chance to play the first few hours of the game with all four classes, in both single-player and co-op, along with seamless migration of your character and progress to the full game. Speaking of which, we have decided to move the release date for Outriders to April 1st, 2021. No joke. We will spend this extra time fine-tuning the game and focusing on delivering a fantastic play experience at launch. Thank you for hanging tight a little longer. We appreciate your patience, the Outrider team. 
That is a, a direct response to cyberpunk. Do you think so? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like in, absolutely. In, in what way? Tell me why. Um, they saw that like cyberpunk put their game out, which was not ready. And, and I think a lot of times, cause we've talked about it before that, that there's kind of an understanding that, that games aren't ready at launch. I think I'm, I was kind of surprised to learn that, that there are many games that aren't ready at launch. And I'm not just talking like those fixes that you find out are, are things that need to be fixed while people are playing, but like just straight out of the box. Like we have this deadline, guys. Um, game's not ready, but we're gonna put it out anyway. So here you go. Hold hold on to your butts, and then let's go. Right. And so and so, I think the delay comes because they saw kind of what happened with Cyberpunk, and and they're like, let's let's just hold up a little bit and let's back up. I think well, it also it also with the uh, with the demo that's coming out. Um, again, I think this is just par for the course. Now, I think every game's gonna come out with the demo. Um, and so, I mean, I I don't think so. Um, because you don't think, yeah. And just to just to so we can have a conversation over here, like if Outriders was ready, and if it was polished, like just because Cyberpunk came out a mess on certain consoles, that shouldn't that wouldn't make them scared unless they're like, okay, we are not ready, right? Because well, yeah. So it's like, okay, they, I mean, could it be because of the pandemic? Possibly. Could it be because they're like, all right, like, you know, we don't, like you said, we definitely don't want this to happen. So let's spend the extra time. So I don't know if it's a direct response to cyberpunk, but I, I bet it's heavily influenced by cyberpunk. So. Yeah. And I think that's what I meant. I don't think. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't think like a response to what they did but they're okay. definitely i think i think now every studio is going to follow suit right i I, I, mean, I definitely think if like the age of the demo comes back that would be beneficial to all of us as players um mm -hmm. i definitely know that they probably a lot of people stopped doing demos for a long time because they lost a lot of money because a lot mm -hmm. of players would just play the demo get their fix and then never buy the game um i mean you could probably ask multiple people like where they played Tony Hawk and they're like, Oh yeah, we just had the demo disc from pizza hut. And that's all we played. We played the warehouse over and over and over again. Um, but also like something like that demo disc is something that like jettisoned Tony Hawk into popularity because everyone had it and everyone loved that demo. Um, yeah, I mean, we could imagine like situations if we were to think hypothetically, like what would happen? <laughs> And, and this is well, one of the always one of the debates when we talk about alphas and betas. Are they just demos, right? Is this alpha and yeah. beta just a demo because it's put out so close to the release that there's no way that a publisher or a developer could even enact the changes that players um, gave feedback on from an alpha or a beta? Um, like, I guess that depends on on what the feedback is. We've played games where where hot fixes are done. Um, you know they're pushed out to consoles pretty quickly. Yeah, we've played games where within within a week there was stuff either removed or changed or tweaked. And and again, maybe those sandbox issues and and balancing issues are easier to do versus reworking a whole level. Yeah. Right. So it I I think I think that that with as good as developers are at their stuff, I I bet 
it takes a while to get stuff out, but I bet it doesn't take as long as we think it does. Well, I think a lot of times, like when we talk about day one patches, like after a game goes gold, like they start on that day one patch, you know, and they, mm -hmm. and that's why the day one patch is there because they've had a month and a half to work out bugs that they know are there and, you know, things go through certification and then it gets put out. Like, I think it, I think it's super cool that they're putting a demo out. Like I wish most games would go the demo route. I remember when the Xbox arcade, like they had demos for every single one of their games and it would just be nice to, you know, like talking about Phaedron. Hey, thanks for showing up. Phaedron just joined us in the chat. It would be nice for like people that wanted to try cyberpunk to be able to try a demo. And not only that, like, and this is, this is kind of the interesting thing that makes me think like they're taking a bad situation adding the demo just to kind of turn it into a good situation because normally like progress never transfers but like mm -hmm. progress is going to transfer so people could spend all that time i don't know like what like hey this is the only time you get to play you only get two hours to play the game and then that's it or you get to play it as many times as you want but it's only this certain section of the game and you get to play it over and over and over again i mean it's good for players. It's good for content creators that want to make videos because they're going to have access to like being able to record and like do all this stuff mm -hmm. before ahead of time. Um, this is like I was I was interested in playing Outriders, but now it's like there's no excuse not to because there's a free demo right. and you get to try it. And if like if you're into it, cool, you play it, your progress carries over. If you're not, I mean, you got to try it and, you know, it's like it's the best of both worlds for everyone. Plus, um, um, well, there's got to be there's got to be some kind of trade off, right? Because, like you say, someone who who wants to play Outriders now that there's a demo, there's there's not that pressure to buy. So, right. so someone who who wanted to try it and was going to try it anyway, I mean, it's it's probably going to be what a seventy dollar game versus yeah. a free demo and if you find out that you don't like the like it through the demo you're not out that 70 bucks but that means that the studio is out that 70 bucks right, right. so so there's definitely a trade-off there and i think it's a gamble from the studio um because like you like you say there's are going to be people who don't buy it because of the demo who who otherwise would have so it's it's kind of gutsy on the on the part of the developer, and I think what it does is it shows some good faith that that they're not just out to make a buck and some confidence um, in their product and some confidence in their product. Yeah, so 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 I think it's a win win, but for different reasons. Yep, I totally agree. All right, let's talk about this next story here. Um, Phaedron says, but then you have a Godfall situation. Um, what situation do you mean, Phaedron, in regards to Godfall? Because one of the things that, I mean, Godfall would have, be, would have benefited from a demo. They would have benefited from, or players would have, because, you know, the same thing that happened with a lot of looters was like, okay, this is the end game, and a lot of things are broken in the end game, and this is just repetitive. Um, right. Oh, so Phaedron says, meaning people buying it to test it out. Yeah, and it's yeah. one of those things where it's like we tell people like don't pre-order games. Like you need to wait and see what your preferred content creators say about it, people that you kind of line up with on games that you enjoy and just wait to see like what they say before you go spend that money because you know, sometimes you only get 2 hours to play a game and that's not enough to tell if you like it or not. So. Mm -hmm. 
It is tough. All right, so let's talk about the Xbox Series X. All right, this is something that is, it's interesting for a couple reasons. So Xbox does a lot of surveys. They do it often. Um, I get a lot of Xbox surveys saying, hey, come take this survey for a couple of days or for, for a couple of minutes, and then you provide your feedback. One of the surveys that they recently put out referenced um, what people thought about the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller saying, hey, are you aware of the features of the DualSense? Do you like them? What do you think about them? So this is a news story that's been making a lot of rounds. I don't know exactly why it's making a ton of rounds. Um, I think for a couple of reasons. One, I think because this is like one of those instances of like one of the bigs being like, hey, what these guys are doing is really, really cool. Do you want us to do that? Right. And it, it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal because you don't normally see like speak like that because the the dual sense like everyone says the dual sense is amaz amazing everyone loves it like playing um, Astro's Playroom is like an experience that people are just like this is way better than it should be because of the dual sense controller um, Phil has even come out and said hey yeah like this is an amazing thing that they did it's next gen um, we need to be doing something like this. Um, I'm glad I haven't bought a you know a new Xbox yet because I can wait until the new Xbox with the new controller comes out. But so also, uh, for the, for those who don't know what the DualSense controller does, what does it do? So it has um, haptic feedbacks and it has um, I forget what the term that they call um, what they use for it. But if you are playing a game, for example, and you have a shotgun, let's say you have a shotgun, and in the game your shotgun jams. When you go to pull the trigger on the dual sense, the trigger will not depress. There will be oh, resistance nice. on the trigger um, until you like clear it or until you like pull hard enough with enough pressure and then it will clear. So it does things like that. Like there's different rumble, um, spring the controller, the, the trigger can flip back, you know, it can push pressure against you. So it kind of just adds this different sense to playing with the controller, the speaker on the inside. People say that it, you know, does different things as well. Um, I know that the, the DualShock 4 had a speaker in it as well, but it just adds a different level of immersion if you have a DualSense. So... Um, a lot of people have been saying, hey, you know, this is really cool that, you know, Xbox is, they're not being like so protective of the thing that they built. Like, oh, ours is the best. Ours is perfect. We can't change it, right? They're looking at ways to improve, which is what we all want. Um, it's also not something new that Xbox has been doing. I mean, we know that all of the recent acquisitions, when we talk about Bethesda, when we talk about um, Double Fine, all these other studios... Like, that's the same thing. It's a direct response to Sony having amazing first-party studios that are making some of the most amazing games that have ever been released. You know, this is another response to that. It's not like Xbox is just saying, hey, this is, we're in a good situation. They're always looking to improve. And even if it does mean, like, looking at what Sony is doing and saying, hey, we should do something similar... I mean, I think that's good for everyone. I mean, this could be like one of those things where fanboys are like, look, see, we've got the best controller. You're just going to steal it. But it's like, all right, fanboy, you can say that all you want. But. about it, though, Steve, is that, is that Xbox is saying, is this something you guys want? They're not just going out and doing it, right? And and whether or not they listen to that feedback, because they may, they may already have a, an Xbox Series X slash S second edition controller already in manufacturing right without yeah, it's possible 
it's possible they could, but they're at least they're at least saying, is this something you guys want? And and they're it's it is kind of cool and probably a little bit unheard of that they're praising the competition for something that they're doing. But I think it kind of shows it shows where they are and at least at least it gives us the perception of them caring about their player base versus the bottom line, which which again, like we said earlier, kind of goes a long way to to keep existing customers, existing existing Xbox players, um, and to maybe even getting some new ones. Just just that that um, perceived transparency that the studio is giving so the xbox is giving so i think it i think it ultimately ultimately it it's a benefit to it's a benefit both ways because if they build a new controller and then everybody wants to buy it that's just another payday for them right and hopefully they can do something like that because that would be cool to have high-tech controllers indeed for 180 bucks um, let's see. Fajan says the switch had HD rumble. It was all the rage when the switch came out and no one talks about it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, the Xbox controller now has haptic feedback, but I think that extra, that extra thing that the dual sense does like offering the resistance on the triggers and stuff like that is the thing that people have really, really been excited about because I actually, I don't care about rumble. I turn rumble off in most of the games that I play because I just, don't care about rumble it's not something that like super interests me at all um i don't care well i mean it's just it just sucks up battery life and it does to me it's like oh you're getting shot your controller's rumbling it's like all right thanks for letting me know but well sometimes that's all you get well sometimes sometimes you just what game are we playing any game sometimes sometimes i guess i guess maybe if you rely on that it's tough when it's not there and I know a lot of players just kind of rely on that that input versus maybe something they can see visually. Yeah. So, so next up, we have some Sony news. Sony is discontinuing. That's it's hard to <laughs> that's say. That's a these good words. word. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're doing exactly that. They're ditching every PlayStation Four model outside of one type of the Slim in Japan. So they are ramping down on PlayStation Four manufacturing. Um, I thought this was interesting because this is really, really soon. They're, they still have one SKU that they'll be releasing, but they're converting everything over to PlayStation 5s. Um, it's pretty early. I think the PlayStation 3 was like in production for like three years um, after the PlayStation 4 was out there. So this is just really fast. I think um, they're probably just selling a lot of PlayStation 5s and they say, hey, if we cut these out and we start ramping up with PlayStation 5, production we can get more of them out there more people will buy them and we'll make more money so i think that's why they're doing that i I thought about it's like man maybe i should get me a playstation 4 now so that i can um play a couple of those games so i would like to play god of war and final fantasy 7 remake but i'll get there someday so so they're changing that in japan are they changing the SKUs here in the states um, I'm not sure. I imagine it'll trickle down this way. Um, I think all their manufacturing is over there anyway. It's over probably over anyway. in China. So, ma- so. so maybe that's what the record, maybe that's what the, the article meant then. Is it, I don't know what I was trying to say just now. Me either. You can, you can move on. I, I'm going to move lost on. It. It's, it's yeah. okay. Could you find it? It happens. No, I can't. I it's have gone. lost my marbles. My lappy just peed the carpet. So. 
And do you think, like, is Strong Bad on right now? Like, if you were to look up strongbad.com, would there be new comics? It would be fun if there were. It's actually, isn't it homestarrunner.com? Homestarrunner.com. I think it is. Let's see. Homestar Twitter. Homestarrunner.com. Everybody, everybody. Let's see. When was it last updated? It's still on here. And there is a Twitter account for Strong Bad. And the last time it was updated was January 5th. So, yeah, you could still go. That was get yesterday. Some... That's funny. Oh, that was yesterday. We'll listen to some more Strong Bad after the show. How about that? <laughs> That's funny. All right. RuneScape. Mike, do you know what RuneScape is? I believe, um, although I haven't played it, I believe it is kind of in the vein of World of Warcraft, right? Huge MMO, multi, multi, what, what is MMO? Multimedia online, multi. Monster online. You're doing good. Mario. You're almost Mario Matcher online. You're so close. So yeah. So but it's old. It's 20 years old. So RuneScape turned 20. How old is it? How old is it? It's 20 years old. It turned 20 years old. See, you thought it was going to be a big payoff. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was just a small payoff. I remember when we were in school. Sean Spinks was like, "Dude, you got to check this game out." And I was like, nah, man, I play real games. I play Blizzard entertainment games. Like, I am a real <laughs> video gamer. And this, and he's like, check out this Minecraft. I'm like, this looks like crap, dude. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, it was bloxy. It was blocky. People would run around. He had an axe. He was hitting stuff with an axe. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Come play the real games with the real PC gamers like me over here. Let's go play some Warcraft, all right? And he like just played this game and is like, this is cool, cool. And like that game caught on, man. Like everyone in the school was playing um, RuneScape. And I'm like, I'm not playing this stupid game. I'm not going to play RuneScape. Stop it. And everyone was doing it. I wasn't there for that. Yeah, they were running around with their capes. And I'm like, you guys are weird. And guess what? When we talk about MMOs that have survived, you know, are people, do people still talk about EverQuest? No, not really. Do people still talk about Ultima Online, which is one of my favorite MMO experiences ever? No. They're talking about World of Warcraft and they're talking about RuneScape because RuneScape is 20 years old. Blows That's my mind. Crazy. Blows my mind. And it's like, it's probably still going to keep going because people are still playing it. And I'm like, it's one of those things that you just, don't expect that to still be around. It's like when they talk about EVE Online. People are like, oh, EVE Online just had record-breaking numbers. They just had another massive battle where they destroyed half of the you know ships on the server. I'm like, that game is still going? People are still like, have a second job playing EVE Online, like filling out spreadsheets? And it's, nice. yeah, people still do that. So congratulations to the people that are playing RuneScape and the people that are playing EVE Online. Maybe they're two of the same people. They're just playing both so- of them at the same time. So I guess kind of a meta question when it comes to stuff like this, because because twenty years in anything is a long time, right? Yeah. Um, tw- twenty years in a sports career is a is a crazy long time, and only a few athletes have done it. Um, twenty years for a video game is is probably unheard of? Question mark. Is that? I mean, um, like if you were if I were to name games that have been online for twenty years, could I do it? I would say RuneCraft or RuneScape. Um, RuneCraft Warscape. Rune, RuneCraft Warscape Ultima <laughs> Online. So games that 
have been. So, so I guess. So I guess what what makes a game get to that level? Is it fans? Is man. it fans? So it, fans drive it. New, is it new fans coming in? Is it is it original fans keeping it going? Is it what is it? Um, I, I, I think it would have to be a combination of both. You have to have new fans coming in. I think um, SWOTOR is like eight years old. Warcraft is 12 years old. Let's see. No, I, uh, Tor- Warcraft is more I, than that. I hit you a little bit for saying that. Warcraft came... War, um, World of Warcraft started November of 2004. So how old does that make it? 16 years so has it been going 16 on, years going on 17 no. it can't be 16 years no well, it has to be because like right when i left for argentina it came out world of war 20 20 minus 4 is 16 21 minus 4 is 17 so yeah november 23rd 2004 wow okay so runescape launched january 4th of 2001 world of warcraft blah 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 world of shadowlands how do i find out like what the oldest running game is It'd have to I be. Bet you could just, I bet you could just Google it. Let's just try Googling it. Oldest. oldest. We'll see. But this is probably going to give you, because like, we have to be super specific. Oldest running live service game. Oldest running still online game. Let's see. Oldest Nine running. oldest MMOs in the world. Ultima Online, Meridian 59, Nexus, The Kingdom of Winds, The Realm Online, Legend of Future Past, Neverwinter Nights, Habitat. Games as a service. What is the oldest video game live stream of Richard? I don't want that. Um, blah blah blah. This is really good television. Sh- the oldest is the oldest MUD is probably Shades, having been active since 1986. What on the UK's Micronet? What is that? Shades. Uh, Dragon Mud. Let's see. Though that's that's talking about Dragon Mud. What is Shades? Hopefully it doesn't bring up anything. 50 bad. Shades of Video Games. Shades is a fantasy themed MUD, multi multi-user dungeon. It says it's only 12 years old. Oh it says gosh. having been active since 1986. That's true. I better I better get off this website. This website looks like it was made in 1986. Who yeah, knows and what's it's going probably, on in there. got like eight viruses now. Iris virus equals very yes. Exactly. Some text-based MUDs. Let's see. So here's an answer. Some text-based MUDs have been running online servers since the early 90s. Ultima Online. Yeah, but those aren't still going. Meridian 59 might still be operational. Doom has a very active player base. That's not like a MMO, though. I'm like talking... Anyway, we'll have to do some research for the next time. But... So that's been happening. Congratulations, RuneScape. You're 20 years old. Um, Asus um, has recently raised its prices on graphics cards and motherboards. Um, Earlier this month, a lot of tariffs um, changed. So a lot of imports and exports have increased in price. 
So all of our computer parts are going to be more expensive. And that sucks. There was a time when everyone's like, hey, the 3080 is super awesome because it's so much cheaper than the 2080 Ti. And now it's like it's only $200 cheaper than the 2080 Ti. And those prices are probably just going to keep going up because scalpers are going to get them and they are going to jack up the prices. So this sucks for everyone. Like prices are raising anywhere from 7.5% to 25% on computer parts wow. and this is going to be not just be asus or asus depending on how you say that they are going to be raised for everyone so like it sucks for people that have been waiting to get cards like i know phaedron just he got a he got his graphics card and his um system built recently so he got lucky that he dodged that bullet we know um cags in the discord is waiting to get a graphics card and now prices are going up and it just sucks. It sucks when prices go up because they shouldn't go up. They should all stay low and the same. So. <laughs> prices should never go up. I wish they didn't. Anyway. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to talk about, Mike, because it has been October since the last time we've heard about a game called Anthem. When do you think, if we ever um, hear about Anthem again, since Christian has been moved on, to do some other stuff for Bioware because Casey and Mark Dara have left. Do you think we will get another head or another face of Anthem that's really going to like show stuff off again like Christian did? Um, If we do, I don't think it's going to be until later. I think 2020 has, has done a number on every industry that we are a part of and and so i think that that collectively this is patience is is the key here and and i don't expect i don't expect any information soon anything that we get will be a huge um uh, what do i want to say will be a a maybe not blessing is the right word a gift any info that we get but i don't I don't expect I don't expect information coming out. Um, it's just been a rough year for everybody involved, and and Anthem is no exception to that. And and because of this, the state of the game, what it was when we last played, um, I don't I don't expect anything anytime soon. So the Anthem released February, let's see, jump to market release. Anthem was released worldwide on all platforms February 22nd of 2019. So we are coming up on the two-year anniversary of mm -hmm. Anthem. It'll be interesting that it'll be two years since the launch of the game, and we haven't really had... I mean, there were a lot of updates to the game. There was some added content uh, two years is a long time man like i was thinking about this today also as i was driving and i'm like you know we when was the last time we talked about when that when the um let's see when did casey say that they were doing like the big overhaul that would have had to have been you're gonna have to vamp while i find this well it was long enough ago where i don't remember the last the last content i remember playing in anthem was cataclysm um and it wasn't even it wasn't even polished cataclysm i don't even ever remember i do remember doing 
the the newest strike that they added i say strike but it's not strike it's called a stronghold i do remember the newest stronghold that they added and doing that once um so it's been a while it's been a while since i've done anything related to anthem and and that's really sad to say considering how we started um when we started but again i mean it, it's it's tough and go ahead i found i found the message from casey i knew it was a while ago so i had to look on their blog um february 10th of 2020 so this would have been their one year anniversary um mm-hmm. casey says um in the meantime we will continue to run the current version of anthem but move away from full seasons as the team works towards the future of anthem we will keep the game going with events store refreshes and revisiting past seasonal and cataclysm content so it'll be two years since the so it'll be one year since that message um phaedron in the chat says i think we'll hear some stuff on the anniversary nothing consequential but maybe a state of the game and this i think this is the thing that i was struggling with the most when we talk about the state of the game like the state of the game hasn't changed since february 10th of 2020 so I wonder how much they will be showing. I also don't think that they are ready to show us too much of Anthem 2.0, Anthem Next. Um, and I'm just kind of like, we were all really, really hopeful that it was going to make a phoenix rise from the ashes, from the ashes, much like No Man's Sky, much like you know, Taken King um, pulled Destiny out of it. And I just, but you know, it, it still can, right? Like, like it still can. All it takes is patience. Um, cause, cause I, I, I would like to think that they're not, not working on it. They're not, not working on it. Um, hopefully there's, there's a team building on it and hopefully things are being done on it on the back end. Um, but man, it's just super tough. It's super tough at this time to, to kind of go in at one year. So one year ago is right before everything hit. And if they were just kind of getting going with with new direction, then then everything hit and and man, that must have that must have just deflated everybody in every studio. Right? Okay, guys, now pack up and go work from home, but but give us the same stuff. Like this that just had to be tough. So I, I hope they can come up with something. I'm I'm hopeful that there's gonna be a Phoenix rising and and whatever we get from Anthem 2.0 is looking forward to it at least. Yeah, Phaedron, thanks for the sub in the chat. Um, I actually was able to turn off the notification noises, so it did not um, <laughs> ring over through the podcast. So we appreciate it. Not anyway. freak us out. Yeah, so Phaedron says, didn't expect anything until 2022. I am going to be more pessimistic and say, I do not expect anything until 2023 or four. Um, So I was looking up on No Man's Ski because that is a game that I didn't play a lot of. And I wanted to see when they're, because they originally released in August 9th of 2016. And I was trying to figure out when their big like release patch was that like really turned anything, everything around. And I believe it was called No Man's Sky Next if I'm not mistaken, or 
uh, what was it called? I think it was called No Man's Sky Next, but I'm trying to figure out what their expansion or their release cadence was. No Man's Sky release um, dates. I don't know like if I'm saying this correctly. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. But there was a period of time before No Man's Sky did its turnaround. Um, there was a period of time before um, Final Fantasy XIV did its turnaround. So I just, I guess I was just kind of, I was reminiscing of like, hey, how the podcast started and talking about Anthem. Because you know what? Like looking at Anthem, Anthem is still a beautiful looking game. Mm-hmm. I just wish there was something that brought me back to the game right now. Yeah. to play it and there there's just not the um continued rotation of the of the store the continued rotation of the same content that we had for that first year is just not enough to get me to go back because there's nothing i mean you can everyone can set personal goals in order to achieve those but there's just I don't have a personal goal that I would want to achieve in the game. I mean, I could go for Champion of Tarsus, but that reward isn't enough for me to want to do it. Um, so I just, it was just one of those things I was like reminiscing, especially because as we're coming up to the two year anniversary of Anthem, I, I hope for the return of that game um, in a way that blows people away. Um, hopefully with all the money that EA is going to print when they release um, the Mass Effect remastered thing this year sometime, that they'll just be like, hey, we have all this money. What do we do with it? Throw mm-hmm. it at the Anthem team. You know, Hopefully, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the case. But I just hope that whoever is working on Anthem, that they have a clear vision for what that game is, that they are not trying to make games that already exist or games that we could be playing right now. I want them to learn for themselves what made Anthem different, and I want them to capitalize on that. Because I don't need another Destiny. I don't want another Destiny. I could just go play Destiny. I yeah. want that power fantasy. If you remember, Mike, when we talked with John Warner the first time, they talked about, you know, uh, and we talked with Ben Irving, it was about moving forward, always pushing forward, being a superhero and feeling like a superhero. Um you know, Iron Man doesn't often sit behind a rock and wait for his shields to recharge or for his cooldowns to go up. He's constantly yeah. flying around and shooting things. And I don't know if that feeling is something that really works in a looter shooter because looter shooters are designed to be difficult. So people play them over and over again. So they spend the most amount of time in a looter shooter. So I don't know if like feeling like a superhero and completely decimating things all the time and feeling like you're an amazing character in this world is really something that jives with that 100%. But we can hope. I mean, hey, we got through 2020. Hopefully we can get through week yeah, one of 2021. Of <laughs> yeah, most of us did. Yeah, good call. But yeah, I think we can look to the future and we can hope for the future and we can look forward to new games. We can look forward to Hitman 3 at the end of this month. We can look forward to playing um, the demo of Outriders. We can look forward to um, Medium is coming out and on Game Pass at the end of this month, which I'm excited for from the Bloober team. So a lot of good things. Mike's on the VR experience. That could be something to look forward to. Man, Beat Saber is such a good game. Like you guys yeah. will be beat sabering it up and just make sure you're not doing it while you're on a hoverboard. Cause that would be difficult. Has that been done? 
Oh, I guarantee you, if it's something that you could think of, it's something that is on a video somewhere on the internet. So anyway, we appreciate That's everyone cool. hanging out with us for episode 154 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Again, we are very grateful for all of our support. Phaedrin for hanging out with us in the chat. Everyone else that is lurking, watching on Twitch, we see you guys and gals. Um, thank you for the support. If there's anything you want us to talk about, anything you want us to cover, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can do that over there. Rusted, anything thank you. you want us to talk about? Yeah. Um, Rusted, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us on the other side of the planet. We appreciate it. Rusted, you've got to send us pictures of that Gundam that's walking around. Like, I've got to see that thing. Like, you're like... <laughs> Just go like touch it. I wonder if you could steal it. Can you go pilot it, Rusted? Go jump in that Gundam and just like walk it over here, walk it across the ocean. Um, so yeah, everyone, thank you so much for hanging out with us for episode. Um, I believe it's in there. I believe it's there. So Rusted says the Gundam in Odaiba. Um, I think that's how you say that, Odaiba. There, there are actually two Gundams. I think there's the Unicorn Gundam. Um, oh, Phaedrin says he has to be a 12-year-old boy in order to pilot pilot it. Fair, Phaedrin, fair, all right? I've got a son that could do it, okay? I'll send. I'll have my son pilot it and save the universe. But there's two of them. They built uh, the Unicorn Gundam. That one is really cool because it'll open up and light up. Um, but then they have the one that they built for the Olympics, and that's the original Gundam that's walking around um, attached to uh, a big old scaffolding, and that one actually moves. So a bunch of people made it. Or they did a bunch of videos saying, hey, look, the Gundam's flipping people off. But they're just clever editors. So, um, yeah. So, everyone, thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Um, it's time to go to sleep, wake up tomorrow, and hopefully the world will be a better place. So, yeah. Everyone, go out there and make the world a better place. That is your goal for the day. That's I think that's something that everyone should strive to do. Right, Mike? That's something we've been always talking about since the day we were born. Leave it better than you found it. It better than you found it. Leave no trace. Isn't that what they say? That's what they say. So until next time, next week, um, we'll see you later. There's a button I'm going to push. Should I push it? Yay, button push. You should Here, I'm going to push button. this button first. Combo. Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all. Uh, how come I can never figure this out? Mm-hmm.